Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning is from the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. My dear friends in Christ, the passage today starts with something very interesting. Excuse me. <clears throat> something very interesting. The Pharisees come to Jesus and they give him a warning. Not a warning about not doing what he's doing, not a warning about not preaching what he's preaching, not a warning about them, but a warning about Herod. Now, it's true that Herod knew about Jesus. After all, remember, Herod is the one who killed John the baptizer, and John had pointed to Jesus as the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. And of course, John would be doing that in prison, even as Herod would go and visit him. Herod knew about Jesus. And we find out in the trial of Jesus that Herod was very intrigued by this man. But I don't think he wanted him dead. And so the Pharisees come to Jesus and they essentially lie to him and say, Herod wants to kill you, when really it's, we want to kill you. Get out of here. And Jesus, not even having to use his divine nature to see into their hearts, but knowing who these men are, knowing what end they will go to, looks at them and says, you tell that old fox, I got something to do. You see, Jesus knows that his mission goes beyond the fear of death. And Jesus knows that his mission goes beyond the lies of man. His mission, if you will, is one that has been set by God himself. And just like Jeremiah, that Old Testament weeping prophet who would go and speak all these woes against God's people who had turned away from God, so Jesus has his own woes. So Jesus has been sent. And we find him today, and you can almost picture Jesus standing on a hill looking down at the city of Jerusalem below him, this city that God had planted on this earth, this city that was supposed to be a beacon into all of the nations, the city that is now devolved into nothing but heresy and selling stuff, and all the horrible things that we find throughout the New Testament about these people, about this religion that has now gone away from that hope in the Messiah and has put their hope in themselves. Jesus looks with pity on this city and says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. I so would have gathered you, just like a mother hen does to her chicks, but you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't let me. The picture there is you've got little chicks running away from mom and not towards her protection. It's sad. It's sad passage. Because in one sense, we know why Jesus is saying this about Jerusalem. And in another, we know exactly what he's looking toward Jerusalem to do. He speaks this woe against Jerusalem 
knowing full well what is coming for him, knowing full well that he has to go back there. And when he goes back, that's the last time until he dies, which won't be that long after, just five short days. You see, it is that Jerusalem stands for us. This is not some circumstance in which Jesus is just speaking against a certain people at a certain time in a certain place. It is absolutely that. But Jerusalem is us. Jerusalem is our disobedience. Jerusalem is our sin. Jerusalem is our desire to do it our own way. Jerusalem is this rejecting of God's word and putting in place our own desires just like the Pharisees do to Jesus. If it were up to us, we would kill God. And we did. We did. We may not have been there 2,000 years ago, but it is our sin that was taken upon that cross and crucified there for us where the wrath of God was poured down on His own Son. We killed God. We killed the prophet. But so it is. It seems like all the prophets die in Jerusalem. It seems like all the prophets know that that is their end. All of them understand that it is by a disobedient people that they will bear the punishment that was meant for them. That's life as a prophet. That is life as one who comes to speak the word of God. That's life even for us today. Even though we are just as sinful as all these people of Jerusalem, both at Jesus' time and in Jeremiah's time, even as they sought to put him to death, so too, even as sinful as we are, will we bear this punishment of the prophets. Perhaps not dying in Jerusalem, though that would be lovely, but dying in the kingdom of God. You see, it is that we will be attacked just as this great God-man Jesus is attacked. And it will be that at the end we will breathe our last and we will be dead. In, this, in the kingdom, the city of God. And yet, there's more. For just as Christ did not stay dead, but was in the tomb for three days, so too shall we not stay dead, but we shall rise. We shall rise. I love the hymn we just sang. I, I often joke, this is the hymn that I want sung three times at my funeral. I do. I love this. In my narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. That is talking about your coffin. There is no two ways about it. We are asking God to keep us safe in our coffins, in our graves, until it is that our Lord should dig us up and make us rise to live forever with him. That is the Christian's prayer. And it is a good prayer. 
It is a wonderful prayer, but it is a prayer of hope. It is a prayer of expectation because we know that we follow in the footsteps of our Savior, the one who has redeemed us from all of our sin. We follow him and we see him as our example. And if he is our example in life, he is also our example in death. And if he goes to the grave knowing, perhaps fearing, but knowing that his God, his Father, will raise him from the dead, so too may we go to our graves with a joyful hope, knowing that Christ has swung wide the doors of eternity and made a way for you to live forever. This is the promise of Jesus. And so it is that looking upon this beautiful city, the place where the house of God dwells, the place where the sacrifice for sins will finally happen in the person of Jesus, the Lamb of God that every Lamb had wished had come earlier so they didn't have to die. This Jerusalem that will kill the prophets. This Jerusalem is made into our new home, is made into the very kingdom of God for you, is made into the place where you will dwell forever. And while Jesus says to them, it's true, I'm not going to be back until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we know that happens as we're looking forward on Palm Sunday, but it also happens among us where we say, Blessed are you, O Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And every time we remember that, we must remember that the kingdom of God is here now, it is in our midst, and it is still to come. Jesus says to the Pharisees many times, the kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God is in your midst. What's he referring to? Not some place, not something, but he's referring to himself. And wherever Jesus is, then there is the kingdom of God. And if the kingdom of God is with Jesus and Jesus promises to be here in his word and in his sacrament, then the kingdom of God is here. And thus we know as we cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that Jesus is here. We cry that out because of word, because of sacrament. We cry out because of faith. We cry out because of hope. We cry out because of our expectation. We know that our God is good. And we know that our Jesus is risen. And we know that we too shall rise from the dead. This is why Jesus' words are inscribed this day. To remind you of who you are and of who Christ has made you to be. You are greater than the city that stones the prophets. You are now the city that cries out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.